up to the pulpit. So, um, how are we all? Give you a wave. Um, why don't you grab a seat? Thank you so much. We just had a little furniture removal here. Actually, furniture come in. How exciting is it that Mitch and Beck have um, had a baby? I've got a little photo of them coming up. We've got a photo of Beck, I think. How cute is this? Um, Mitch and Beck had a little rowie a week ago, and they got to take their beautiful little girl home during the week, and this is them at home. And Beck has had that little cockatiel for many, many years, and I had a chat to her. I hope the cockatiel welcomes your baby, because sometimes birds can get jealous, but uh, it's looking like here that uh, it was a good welcome. So next week, you'll be able to um, actually welcome Rowie yourself as well, so that's nice, isn't it? Um, unfortunately, Mitch isn't there, but you'll get to meet Mitch if you're a guest here today, next week. Um, I'm really looking forward to sharing the word with you today. Um, why don't I dismiss the beautiful worship band? Thank you so much. It's nice to have the music behind me, but rest your fingers, Vanessa. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we are doing a series on faith at the moment. And this week, the title is Faith Hears. Faith. You know, Jesus talked a little bit about faith, just a little. And there was a, a time where he was with the crowd and he was sharing some parables about faith. And he throws out this really interesting statement. He says it in the third person because he talks about himself. But he says to the crowd, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? And I read this, and I'm actually challenged by this question that Jesus is throwing out to really all of us today. Will Jesus find faith on the earth today? Let's apply this to you and I. Will he find faith in me? Will he find faith in the different areas of my life where I need to be applying faith to? You know, we were actually at Tyler and Em's yesterday, and Tyler just made this funny little comment, oh, we lost a, a house key in the grass, and then we made this other little funny comment, oh, we need a, uh, a metal detector to, to try and find this thing. And then I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if God had a faith detector, and that he could, you know, when you're the metal detector and it goes, zzz, when, it, when, when it finds the metal, and if God could put a a metal detector over, or sorry, a faith detector over our spirit and, and it goes, well, there's faith in that one. Oh, I can feel faith. And, you know, I actually think God can see faith. He can see if we have it. He can see if we, if we don't. He can also see the measure of it. You know, there's different words that describe faith. We can have no faith, tired faith, weak faith, small faith. Or we can have passionate faith, fighting faith. We can have persevering faith, strong faith. And I want to ask you today, if he was to come and find faith in you, if he was to come and do his faith finder on your spirit, what, what would he find? You know, faith is so important because it, um, it is the currency of the kingdom of God. You know, we have the currency of money where we use money to exchange for things. Who likes to buy things? A little bit of money 
get something back. Well, faith is the currency of heaven. If we have faith that we can see, it's like a natural thing goes into the supernatural. It's like something in me connects with something in God. It's the currency of heaven. It says in the Bible that faith actually pleases God. And I think when I think of this word please, I think of God smiling. I think he rubs his hands. You know, if I'm pleased, I get excited. I get like this welling thing in my spirit. And it causes me to smile. And I think, wow, if we have faith in us, God's actually smiling. It attracts God. People, in the, when Jesus lived and they, they had faith in them, it actually attracted Jesus. And it attracted the power of Jesus from him. And miracles happened because people had faith. Now, I'm going to demonstrate faith here. I've always loved my props. I'm a bit of a preacher who likes props. So I'm going to invite Claude, because I need God. <laughs> okay, Claude is going to be God here today. And I just want to demonstrate here something. Thank you, Claude, for being God. I said, it's not appropriate for my son to be God, nor is it appropriate for my husband. So I, I need a godly figure. Now, with faith... There's always two parties involved. There's me or you sitting here. And then there's God. And with faith, faith always starts first and foremost with my faith in him, in God. Before anything that I'm believing for, I have to believe in him. And so faith, first and foremost, is established in my relationship with God. It's kind of weird looking at Claude when I say in God, but in, in Him. And so today, I just want to say, firstly, that faith starts with knowing Him. And everything else that we're believing for comes out of that relationship with God. But today, I'm probably going to speak a little bit more about the things that you're believing for, that you can apply faith to. So I've got a little prop here, another little prop. Here we go. Can you all see this? Present, why don't you read it with me? It's like a uh, kindergarten class here. The present and the future. Now, please stay. Are you going to Oh, beautiful, it's staying. So I'm coming back here. This is me needing to believe for things. Firstly, I need a belief for things in my present and this could look like a whole lot of things for anybody here in this room. But as I speak today on faith, I want you to apply this message to something in your present. What are you having to apply faith to? It might be a sickness. It might be a relationship. It might be a career that you want to, you know, go ahead in. It might be you're buying a house. It might, whatever it is, faith always, whoops, gets applied to something but I'm not just believing this by myself. I'm bringing God into this whole process because faith involves my relationship with God and bringing God into the thing that I'm believing for. You might also be believing for your future. What does God say about your future? And you're putting faith into your future. But once again, it's not just faith, my own faith. It's God and I working together to believe for something about my future. Um, why don't we give Claude a little clap because I'm going to talk 
keep talking about God, but just remember God's here. But Claude doesn't need to sit there the whole time while I preach. Uh, a, a while ago, I remember waking up and the Holy Spirit, you know, rarely do I wake up and I hear the Holy Spirit straight away. But it was like I woke up and the Holy Spirit asked me a question. And the question was, what are you believing for? And I went, wow, what am I believing for? And it's like we have to always keep thinking and applying this thing of faith. What am I believing for? Because this keeps our faith in God active when we're believing for things. And I know in my own life that sometimes faith can get tired. Sometimes faith can get dead. Sometimes faith gets weak. And I believe today as you hear the message on faith that this little faith meter is going to just get turned up a little bit. And I want to ask you today, what is in your present that you need to believe God for? What do you need to actually apply faith to? Because I know in my own life I can walk through things big things, small things, and I actually can forget God. I can forget to bring God into my situation. And I can just be doing this thing all by myself, and God's over here going, just include me, would you? (laughs) Come on, bring me into the picture. Bring me in. Apply faith and see what I can do. And so I want to ask you today, what might you be doing on your own but you haven't brought God into the picture. I know that was a long introduction, but I just want to pray just to let the Holy Spirit just speak. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your beautiful presence. And Lord, I ask that as your word is spoken today, that you will be talking, that you will be turning on faith, I thank you that faith is a gift from you, and I ask that you will plant that gift, that you'll strengthen faith in people's lives today, in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm going to talk about three aspects of our faith, three aspects of our faith. The first one is this, faith knows because God knows. Faith knows because God knows. So I'm going to go back to my little spot here. I'm looking at, let's just say, a present situation in my life. And I know certain things about that situation. Some of those things might be correct. But sometimes what we know about a situation might be tainted. It might be um, tainted because of emotions that we have in us. It might be tainted because of expectations that are wrong or lies that we believe. But when faith rises on the inside of us, what happens is, just pretend Claude's here again, we actually get the God perspective on what God knows about that situation. And who knows that sometimes our perspective of the situation is not actually the right perspective. And so faith is knowing what God knows about this situation. 
It's getting a God perspective on the thing. And faith is founded in the knowledge of what God knows about the thing that you're walking through. I get excited by, by that. You know, we have been looking at Abraham. Even Tyler talked about Abraham this morning. And Abraham had a situation where he couldn't have a child. So let's just say Abraham's sitting here. His present is, can't have a baby. He would just wanted a baby. Whereas God's situation or God's perspective on Abraham's situation is he didn't just want Abraham to have a baby. Abraham saw and wanted a whole nation of Israel and out of that nation of Israel would come Jesus who would save all mankind. And so God's perspective on the situation was so much bigger and broader, he could see for decades and centuries and for the whole of eternity at the perspective of what he was doing in Abraham's life. And sometimes our perspective can be so small that we have to actually say, God, what's your perspective on the thing that I'm going through at the moment? Hebrews 11 says this, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is assurance, it's hope, and it's conviction. And I believe that we can get those things, that conviction, that hope, when we get the God perspective on the thing that is before us. So my encouragement to you is to ask God, what do you see, what do you know about this thing? Help me to see it from your perspective. Because when you see something from God's perspective, it puts like a, a thing inside your spirit, a knowing, hey, this is going to be okay. Because God has got, he knows. He knows, he knows, he knows. And when he knows and he puts that knowing in you, oh, that's what faith is. It's the assurance of something you cannot actually see physically, but you can know it's okay. Okay, second point is this. Faith hears because God speaks. Now, because he knows, God actually can tell us what he thinks, what he sees, what he knows. He doesn't keep silent. Who thinks that's good? <laughs> but one thing I've discovered about God is that he, he's not a blurber. He doesn't just sort of blurt things out. You actually need to push in and say, ask God, what do you know? What do you want to tell me about this situation in my life? And so God speaks, but we need to ask. And when he speaks, we need to have ears to hear. And I know that whenever I've been in a situation that needed faith, I've had to push in and say, God, what do you say about this situation? Help me to see a God perspective on this situation. Help me to hear from you about what you would say to me about that. So say this with me. Faith hears because God speaks. He wants to talk. 
you know, before we looked at it's God's perspective, but now this is all about God's promise. Faith rests on God's promises. And faith rests on the promises of God because God actually wants to speak promise into the things that you are going through. Let's have a look at Romans 10, 17. It says this, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, I know that faith comes through the word. Faith doesn't just come through the woman's day. Faith comes through the word of Christ. Now, how do we get the word of Christ? We get it through the Bible. And so, if I'm going through a situation, I pick up this Bible and say, what do you say to me, Lord, about this situation? If I'm sick, I'll get a promise of scripture about God is my healer. If I'm going through a situation, I need to find a promise in the Word of God because this is God's perspective on the situation that I'm going through. And I've learned a principle in my life that whatever I go through, I ask God for a promise from the Word of God. I say, God, give me a promise from this. This is my promise. This is my word. This is what you're saying to me about this situation. So first and foremost, I get a word from the word about, and that's what my faith then is the anchors, anchors me. But I also have learned that God can give you a prophetic word that might not necessarily be in the scripture, but it's a word that he wants to give specifically to me about that. And I have found such, um, such joy in that. You know, God did that for Abraham. He told him he would, have a, he would have a child. He gave him that word. You will have a child. You'll actually have a whole nation that will come out of you. And God didn't just give him the promise in word. He also gave it to him in picture. And he gave him the picture of the stars in the sky. He said, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. And I can just imagine Abraham. It took 25 years for this promise to come to pass. Who, who gets annoyed by that? I get annoyed by that, 25 years. And you can imagine Abraham every night in his tent in the middle of the desert. I don't know if you've ever been in the desert at night. But you come out and the stars are so extraordinary. Just extraordinary. And God gave him that promise of the stars. He said, all your descendants will be like this. And so sometimes the promise from God can come to you as a word with actual like words. Or it can come to you as a picture. And I love that, that God speaks in pictures as much as he speaks in words. Um, there was a time where Pat and I lived in the Philippines for two years. And uh, it was actually before Tyler was born. It was that long ago. And we were running a church there, and we went through a very difficult time. It was, uh, it was I would call it a trial. And it looked like that uh, there were some certain people in the church who didn't like us, and it looked like that they were trying to get rid of us. 
And it was very tough because we had kind of a, a commissioning from God to build this church. And it was a tough time. And I remember in the midst of this tough time, Pat actually went up the mountain. We lived in Cebu and there was a mountain behind the city. And he would drive up the mountain and he would pray and ask God um, for certain things. And he went one day up the mountain and he went with the problem. He took the problem with him. He didn't not take, we weren't trying to do this thing on our own. He said, God, this is a tough situation. I need to hear from you about this situation. And while he was praying over, it was like a, um, uh, like a tourist spot that looked out over the city. And he would pray, the Holy Spirit spoke to him about our situation and gave us a promise. And it was first and foremost out of the Word of God. It was a prophecy actually in the book of um, Zechariah. And Zechariah actually was a prophet who was speaking to Zerubbabel. These are big names, aren't they? Zerubbabel, who was building the temple back in the Old Testament. But they were having opposition, just like us. We were having opposition. But the Word says this, This is the Word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And in our case, it was, this is the word to Pat and Amanda. This is the word of the Lord, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Pat and Amanda, you will become level ground. Then you will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Now, what does that mean? In that moment, God actually gave us a vision too of the mountain going down into the sea. And it was like the problem that was before us would go. It didn't just go bang like that. It would gradually sink into the sea. And that was our promise that the trial would finish and that we would put the capstone, which is like the finishing thing, the finishing part of the building. We would finish what we had come to the Philippines to do. And God gave us a promise out of the word, but also a vision of our situation. And we held on to that. I just want to remind us today of the word of God. When the word is spoken into our spirits about a situation, the word of God is infallible. It is of absolute integrity. God has to fulfill his word. When he speaks his word into our spirit, you can know today that God will fulfill his word. He will, in Isaiah it says this, the Lord Almighty has sworn, wow, even God swears, how about that? Surely as I have planned it, so it will be, and as I have purposed it, so it will stand. I thought today I'd just tell you two more stories. We have a situation in our life at the moment. I'm not going to share the specifics because we're not through it yet. But this is my little promise book about the situation. And it is full of promises. Well, it's not full yet, but it's got about 30 pages here. Of promises that are prophetic words that others have spoken about our situation, and also words that I have got from the Bible about our situation. I have chosen to write them down, and every now and then we will get this out and I will look at it, 
And it's these promises, these words that are, are the fountain and the anchor of my faith for this situation. So this is the word of God. Oh, it's falling over. For this situation. Let me tell you one other example. About 15 years ago, Pat and I made some really stupid investment choices. And we lost a lot of money. And we were financially tight and we were financially in a little bit of um, interesting time in our family. But during that time, we had multiple prophecies spoken to us about our finances. And the promises that God spoke to us about our finances were not actually happening at the time. But they were promises that we actually had to own and we had to pray through and we actually had to stand on them. And so what we did was we wrote these promises down. Excuse me getting my phone, but it's, it's a prop. <laughs> and what Pat did was he put them to a soundtrack. And I'm going to just, um, oh, that's the wrong one, sorry. Oh, can I get it up? Oh, I had it, and now I've lost it. Here we go. No, sorry. I had it already, and I lost it. But we put it to a soundtrack. Pat's voice got all the promises, like we wrote them all out. We put them to a track. And then we played that track, and it was like, we were repeating to God his promises to us. And we have numerous soundtracks about different areas of our life that we grab hold of. I want to finish by just saying that God is a promise maker, but he's also a promise keeper. And because he keeps his promise, because he makes his promise, he also keeps it. I want to finish on this scripture. God from Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I love this. Just take a moment to think about this for a tick. Whatever you're going through, God wants to speak into it. Whatever it is, he wants to speak into it. And whatever he speaks, he actually wants, he will act on it. He will act on it. God is not a God who does not fulfill the promises that he has made. He is powerful to fulfill those promises. He is faithful to fulfill those promises. Abraham saw the fulfillment of the promises the promises that God has spoken into Pat and I's life, we have seen the fulfillment. Some of them we're still waiting on to see the fulfillment. But we will, <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> but we will keep standing for those things that God has spoken into our life because we have heard the promises of God. And it is on those promises that we rest our faith. And it's not just those promises are because God is faithful and He is powerful. He is the God of the impossible, that He can do whatever He, is, he has spoken into your life. 
So why don't we just pray for a moment? I just feel the Holy Spirit here. Holy Spirit, come. I want to ask you today, is there an area of your life that you need to let God into? That you need to apply faith to? You know, as I was praying this morning, I actually felt very strongly that there's might be one or even more people here that You've got a major something happening in your life, but you have not brought God into that situation. And that you've actually got mad at God because of that situation. But all He's asking you is just let me in. Pull the walls down, let me in. Because I want to talk to you about that situation. It's almost like there's a, quite an anger there. There's disappointment. Is like, I don't understand this, but God's saying, I, I've got a perspective on this. I can speak into this situation. Let him in. Let him speak to you because he knows and he cares. He can see it. He's got an answer. He can bring assurance to you today about that thing. Thank you, Lord, for faith rising. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to people. I believe that today he's speaking to you today about something that you need to hear from God. Just ask him. Just ask him. Ask him. Push in and say, God, I I, I want a promise from the word. I need a, a prophetic promise from you about my situation, about this thing that I'm going through, about my future. And as I prayed this morning, I, I, I felt that there was someone here about a house. You're either selling a house or you're needing a house. Well, God's got a perspective on that too. He's got it. He's got it. We're going to open up the altar, this area here. And if you want prayer, if you want to make a choice today to apply faith to a particular situation and to... Uh, join with someone else's faith to pray with you in that thing. We're going to allow, allow beautiful time at the end of the service for that. But just as we're still and quiet here today, I said right at the beginning that our faith, first and foremost, is in Him. It's in God. And I know for my own life, there was a moment where I actually had to activate that faith in God, where I actually had to invite God into my heart, into my life. Because God is always knocking. He's he's died for us. He wants us just to say, Lord, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for eternal life with you. But we just need to say, I want that. I want to ask you today, do you want that? If you haven't invited God into your life before, do you want that? And if that's you, just uh, in a moment, we're going to pray prayer to ask God into your life. And you can pray that prayer and make it your own. Do you want that today? God's waiting for you today. So why don't we as a church all pray that prayer together? Father in heaven, today.
I choose to believe that Jesus died for me, that He loves me. I thank You that You took my sins, Jesus, that I can have eternal life with You. I welcome You into my heart today. I thank You that today You are with me and I am with You. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've done that for the first time today, why don't you come out at the end of the service and we'll pray for you today. Beautiful. Why don't we just, uh, I'll hand it over to Tyler. Thanks, mate.